what we've got here is failure to communicate. Hey, I'm UFC President Dana White, and you're in the ring with Callum McGregor. It's officially 6.30 a.m., so for even maybe the one person that might take my advice going into the UFC card tonight, I just wanted to reach out to you guys and give you my takes because I actually think there's some pretty good takes here and a way to walk away with some money. So the first fight on the card that starts at 4.15 p.m. today is Jesse Strader against Chad Anneliger. Um, you know, I've already sank from the rooftops that I think that Chad's just going to be able to outwill him, outcardio him, pace him, and even tag him with some bigger shots. Strader, I think, might be swimming in deep waters for himself. You're likely going to see Chad. I mean, he could probably finish him early, but I could see Chad finishing him late, late in the second, if not early in the third. So I think that, you know, even looking at Chad and Anneliger winning by inside the distance, I believe is plus 205 right now. Um... Definitely a spot you want to get on. Um, so Chad, I think, is a definitely a good prop for inside the distance. If you want to just put fight doesn't go the distance, that's also something you can take a look at. But um, I'm definitely I'm going to be leaning heavily on Chad to win this inside the distance at plus 205. Next, we'll be looking at Diana Balbita against Gloria DePaula. Once again, you know that I've been seeing Diana's praises not only from a standpoint as to what her technique was beforehand but how far it's come the volume is going to be there and i just think that she's going to decision uh gloria de paula and finish it now if she were to run a game plan that we don't see coming out of nowhere and running the same thing that blissmas did to de paula which is mix the mix in the wrestling and confuse the issue you might even see diana you know have some big moments in this fight um, she's sitting at currently at minus 120. Gloria DePaul is sitting at even money. I'm going minus 120. Belbita all day long. You don't need to get proppy with it. I mean, you could go decision if you want, but you don't really need to at minus 120. Um, is she a parlay piece? It's difficult to say, but definitely leaning towards Diana Belbita in this fight. Next fight on the card that I want to break down quickly would be uh, Chase Skelly against Mark Striegel. I've gone back and forth. Um, Chase has been around for obviously a little bit more, uh, I would say better pedigree of schedule. Striegel has had, I think they have the equal record, but just not the same level of opponents. You know, Skelly's gonna wanna try to drag this down to the ground and, and, and potentially submit Striegel. The one thing that sticks out to me in this fight is, and why I'm gonna go the way I'm gonna go with this, when someone says they're gonna retire, and I get that, you know, one thing that someone could say they're going to retire and then, you know, the opponent also has to be good enough to beat them. But when people say they're going to retire, they're one foot out, man. I mean, how many people have had a job where they just, you know, they leave. They're like, oh, we'll leave in two weeks. How good work did you put in at the end? I, for me, I'm just, it's probably a stay away from me. But I wouldn't be surprised if Mark Striegel pulls this one out. Um, I'm leaning Striegel as a pick. I'm going to be straight up. I'm going to go with Striegel as a pick. But I'm not touching this one as far as the betting line. Next one in the card, we have Jessica Rose Clark against Stephanie Egger. Another one that I've gone back and forth on. Um, you know, there's the idea that Egger's been training a lot of strength. And she's going to be stronger in there. There's the talk that's, uh, or sorry, that Clark's been training a lot of strength and going to be stronger in there. There's the talk of Egger's pedigree as a judo judo judoka. Um, I think Jessica Rose Clark gets in on those hips. I think she is able to, you know, deal with some of the judo. I think she's able to drop her hips low, keep them level, but then also keep them nice and low. So she's not worried about any, you know, trips or flips. And, uh, I think that Rose Clark is going to probably win 
what is likely a boring decision with maybe one or two situations where Edgar gets out of the spot. It looks scrambly. It looks like there might be something. I, I just, I think she's going to tag her up on the feet a little bit. I think she's going to be able to lean on her enough. I think it's going to be our unremarkable. Um, I, I don't see it being exciting. I'm staying away from this fight too. Um, those that are so high in the Clark train um, alone and, and dismissing Edgar's ability is, it's ill-advised. But that's why I'm going to stay away from this one as much as possible. Next fight on the card, we have Gabriel Benitez against David Onama. I've gone back and forth on this one too. I'm not a huge fan of the fact that, you know, Onama is now minus 165 and money is going back and forth this way and that. Um, the one issue obviously we have now is Gabriel Benitez misses weight. And, you know, I got to give a shout out to Lock of the Night. He had some pretty good takes this week. And, you know, his guests are always on point. But the, the one thing I, I got to take away from what I was even listening to on his podcast is, you know, when a guy comes in and like 15 minutes into the weigh-ins and he's already submitting to the fact that he can't cut weight, that just says so much about you. And it, I don't think it's strategic. I, I think he legitimately is just on his way out and done. And there's, I'm not the only one that thinks this and I've already thought this before. So once again, when you have somebody who's sort of mentally checked out to some degree, and then you have the, the you know, the flip side of things, you have Onama who in his debut fought tooth and nail for his win, went all in and showed what he was made of. You know, the levels might be different, but I'll go with Will all day long, especially when, you know, although the levels are different, they still both have tools to finish each other in this fight. I think Onama is going to win this fight. I think he's going to be able to, yes, weaponize his cardio and be able to put the pace on Benitez and eventually potentially get him out. Um, definitely want to look at some props on inside the distance if you're going to touch Onama. But really, once again, it's a pick I'm making. I don't know if I'm going to get to the betting window on it. It's probably going to be a stay away for me. Um, but I'm really thinking Onama wins this fight. I really, really strongly do. Next fight in the card, it won't be a prop play, but it definitely is part of our parlay. We're high on Mario Batista. Just keep it simple. He's leaps and bounds better than Jay Perron in everything. And I don't see him, like, Jay shouldn't probably be in the UFC at this level. And I think Mario's just going to ride in this one. So, you know, he's a minus 360. I think we got him in at, you know, about minus 320-ish or whatever it was. He's in our parlay for the week. Mario Batista's our first piece of the parlay for the week. Next, we have Christian Rodriguez against Jonathan Pierce. Pierce is going to be the second leg of our parlay for the week. And this is just simply a size thing, man. I mean, Christian Rodriguez, although he looked great on the Inouye Contender Series, good like good distance control, but then very explosive and, and always threatening some big shots. Um, I, I definitely, if it was a different spot, I'd be probably on Rodriguez because he is going to be a good situation for dog money at some point. I just don't think this is the spot. Jonathan Pierce is going to be too big. And he just pressures and pace, 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 pace cardio and pushes people till they break. And I just don't know if staying on the outside, trying to hit some big, crazy shots, because he, he does hit some really dynamic shots in, in Rodriguez, I mean. I don't know if that's going to be the game plan because Pierce won't give you room. He, he's just going to press you. And I just got to go with a guy like that all day long. We backed Pierce in the past. It's come up and... Um, you know, help this out huge. So I'm definitely going with Pierce on this, especially because of size. Um, I'm all day on that one. The next fight in the card, we have Alassane against Joaquin Buckley. 
Okay. So, I'm gonna... I've gone back and forth on this one. I was all on the Al-Hassan as, as the dog at plus 133. I've been watching a lot of more tape on Buckley. I've been watching more, you know, just going into it. I know a lot of people don't put weight in social media and in Instagram and whatever else. Besides all the funny shit, he has been training his ass off. I, I just, I'm really torn on this one. And when you get torn on, on something like this, when I want to pick... You know, Al, Al Hassan is the, the big dog, and I may still, you know, put him in one of our, our things as, as big dog online, but I think I almost want to just lean towards the fight doesn't go the distance, or maybe, maybe even under, yeah, see, even under two and a half right now is, is minus 230. You could say this fight doesn't, uh, you know, go over one and a half, minus 110. Maybe you want to even look at a prop of, um, and I don't know if the line's out yet for it, it might not be out yet. Fight to complete two full rounds. Yes is a plus 150. I mean, there's something maybe there. Fight to complete one full round is, is minus 165. So the fight to complete one full round at minus 165, that at least gives you some room. Um, that's if you're not thinking it's going to end in the first round. I'm just trying to find an angle on this, and I think that's probably the route I'm going to go. Over one and a half can always be sort of sketchy, and I think I, I sort of like the... I like the fight completes two full rounds because I could see this fight going so many different ways. I could see it finishing it all the way, you know, going the distance and Buckley winning. I could see Al-Hassan knocking him out in the first or second. We know he's going to gas by the third. Yeah, you know what? I just talked myself into it. So this fight to complete two full rounds, that's the play. And uh, I like it. Plus 150. Next fight in the card we have, and bear with me for a moment, is Bodog updates its page. Um, we have Jim Miller against Nicholas Mota. Um, back and forth in this one as well too. We know that uh, you know Nicholas Mota can bang, he can land strikes, and and we we even know too that he can also weather the storm that Jim Miller might well maybe weather the storm Jim Miller would throw at him if he, if he takes him to the ground. Um, you know, referenced by multiple cappers, uh, Joel Selecki is really solid on the ground, and, and Nicholas Mota was able to at least nullify that to some degree to get back to his feet in this past fight. I think he might be able to do it again against Jim Miller. I, I don't know if I see Jim Miller landing and having the success he did in the last fight that he's going to have in this one. We've already picked this as part of our parlay. It's fight doesn't go the distance. We got it at, uh, you know, minus 150. I, I think that's the play. Another one you might want to look at is fight doesn't um, complete two full rounds, because I think late in the second round is where this could go. So if you look at under one and a half right now, it's minus four, or it's plus 145. Um, fight doesn't or under two and a half actually is even minus 135 and it's because this could go the, the distance right i just don't think it's going to i think this one's finishing inside the distance i think it's likely going to be mata but i mean miller's got power in his hands and submission still is there so I, I can't do that to myself i'm not playing that game and sweating that much i sweat enough as it is so i i think what i'm going to do is we're going to take a look at uh either the, just stick with the fight doesn't go the distance but if you want to if you want to prop it i mean under two and a half is nice under two and a half is nice, or round doesn't, what, what is it, round, yeah, they might not even have um, the full-on rounds. 
Yeah, I don't see it here. So yeah, I mean, even under two and a half is nice um, at the minus 135. But uh, fight doesn't go the distance. I like that minus 150. So take it as you is. Take it. Uh, take it as you is. Take it as you you see it. I'm just trying to find you know some angles here where I, I, I could see it going. It could go the distance. I don't think so though. Next fight in the card we have Alan Bodo against Parker Porter. So Parker Porter, you know, has become the fan favorite. Um, called it way back against Chase Sherman that he was going to be able to push the pace and just win over a guy that's pretty much out to pasture because he's not able to utilize some of the advantages he had before Osada. That's the nicest way of saying it. Um, Parker Porter, although isn't my... I'm so high on him in this spot. I just will fade Alan Badeau until forever. And, and I feel bad because it's not the guy's fault that, you know... A good childhood friend of mine, Todd Stout, was around or or had smoked weed, whatever it was, I don't know. Um, but like every other capper, I will say, Todd beat the brakes off of Alan. And then he did what he was known for, which was took Alan down and submitted it. Now, it's not to take away anything from Todd's ability to take a guy to the ground or submit somebody, but that wasn't his, his wheelhouse. Todd is an athletic man who pushes pace and lands big shots. Well, that was supposed to be what Bodeau can handle. And he couldn't do that. And he's in the UFC. And yeah. So you have someone who's way more talented beat you and then gets caught with metabolites of THC. And you get into the UFC off of a disqualification overturned horrible Quebec Commission decision. Then you go on to lose every fight in the UFC from then on. And people are still talking about the power in your hands. And I would bet a chunk against it only because I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it any, anything that tells me he's going to win this fight in any way, shape, or form, yet people are still like, oh, but the power's in the hands. And I'm not hating on him. It's just, where is it? Yeah, no, I'm waiting. I just... Okay, so let's go back to the fact that he got into the UFC based on a disqualification. Usually when I say guys just come into the UFC and they have like three fight wins or whatever it is and they're low, low, low level, we always fade the shit out of them. We've had an opportunity to fade this man time and time and time again. And I'm going to do it again. This is even worth a sprinkle situation where you sprinkle Porter in multiple ways. Uh, I know this sounds crazy saying Porter in multiple ways, but I do like Porter in a club and sub situation. I do like him, you know, weighing like his putting throwing his body weight up at all and leaning on on him on the cage and making him work a little bit and then catching him with a shot he, he lands some nice shots and if there's even a waiver even you know a stumble he's going to be on him and i think he gets to the ground and i think porter's going to submit him i know that's a popular uh, popular prop right now i mean you could just look at porter inside the distance or you could be an asshole like me and sprinkle more um if you look at, where are we right now? Porter by submission is plus 450. So Porter by submission plus 450. Porter by TKO, uh, KO and or disqualification is plus 145. If you can get it inside the distance, it's going to likely be right around there, about the plus 145. I don't have it up here right now. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think I would say you got to go Porter, and I think that you could really 
go heavy on a prop. This is a spot. And, I mean, if Allen were to burn us on this, okay, it is what it is. But, I mean, nothing shows me that he's going to. Like, there's nothing that shows me that. So, if that's the case, I'll dial that shit in. Okay, I won't start. I'll stop my hate on Alan Bodo. I think that's how you say his name. Next fight on the card, we have Kyle Dawkins against Jamie Pickett. Jamie Pickett's a guy who I've faded quite a bit. Who a lot of, I think a lot of us have faded quite a bit. Um, you know, I gave maybe a little bit too much love for his last fight because I think I was fading him so much. And then he comes out with the win. But we watched the tape again. A lot of cage leaning and a lot of, you know, dominant control. But just not really with anything, any substance. So a guy like Kyle Dawkins is, he'll push the pace on him a bit, but... I think he's going to end up submitting him. I think in some of the scrambles and then some of the, the time on the ground, I think it's only a matter of time, even if Pickett can hold on for a bit. And Dawkins will attack a submission and hold it there for a while and tire you out. And then, you know, you make one move one way or the other way and he just sinks that shit in and it's over. So, I mean, I'm going Kyle Dawkins on this, but Pickett just fucks me so many times that I got to stay away for that reason. It's just literally my own personal scenario, but I'm I'm staying away from Pickett. Um, I think Dawkins wins by submission. Dawkins by submission is sitting currently right now at plus one second. So Chris Dawkins wins inside the distance is plus one seventy five. Or sorry, Kyle, not Chris. Um, and Kyle by submission is plus two thirty five. So Kyle, by submission, plus 235, not a bad way to approach this. Um, the first fight on this card from top down that we're going to discuss is going to be Johnny Walker versus Jamal Hill. Now, since I'm not doing a full card breakdown, I do have a little bit more time to go in depth on these ones. And for this fight, I think a lot of people are just going to juice the hell out of the Jamal Hill line. If you look at it right now, it's sitting at... A plus or a minus 250 already for Jamal Hill. And I think there's something to be said with Johnny Walker going five rounds with Tiago Santos. I know that John or I know that Jamal Hill came out and starts Jimmy Crude in his last fight, but that fight was a lot of poor fight IQ on Jimmy Crude style. I don't know why he chose to stand there and strike with him. Um, the smaller cage in this fight will heavily favor Jamal Hill, the super big guy. But you have to wonder what Johnny Walker's gonna be able to do too. We've seen the issues with Johnny Walker and his chin recently, but a lot of that can be fixed with his, with just by adjusting his poor fight IQ. Cause in all reality, a lot of times where Johnny Walker gets hit, it's in fights where he kind of leaves himself exposed, hopefully smart enough not to do that in this one. I do think Jamal Hill rides, but I think at the end of the day, you bet the KO, whichever, which way you go. I know we've all seen it in the Tago Santos fight where that fight somehow went five rounds. I think we're all a little bit blown away by that but so did Francis Ngannou and Cyril Gain. So these are things that happen in the sport, unfortunately. No matter how much you break it down and study it, there's certain things that we cannot predict. Um, this is one I'd be watching heavily on the weigh-ins and seeing really how both guys look. As I said, like Johnny Walker has all the tools to win this fight. Jamal Hill is a guy I like to fade. I faded him in his last fight. I faded him against Paul Craig and ended up, luckily for me, with Bet365 the sub prop and the TKO prop are all wrapped together. So I ended up cashing on that ticket, but they did rule it a TKO. So 
a lot of people that prop bet that one did lose their money on that and were kind of disappointed. Um, but that said, be careful on this line, laying the minus 250 on Jamal Hill and thinking it's a secure bet really isn't. Like Johnny Walker is a very skillful, very technical, very out there fighter. It's just he struggled with that fight IQ and to really get himself together in his last recent, in his most recent outing, sorry. So if you really want to parlay this one, the fight doesn't go the distance, it's probably your best bet. The next fight I want to talk about on this card is Jim Miller versus Nicholas Moda. Now, I've had the pleasure of breaking down this fight already as this is a, uh, a fight that's been rescheduled. And I stand exactly where I said in the last one. I get that Nicholas Moda is a wild striker. He's a very durable guy, younger, coming to sport. But I like Jim Miller a lot in this spot. We've seen the fact that Jim Miller is able to take out these young guns before. And I think he's going to do the exact same thing in this spot. And so a lot of the tape I've watched on Moda, he has had some issues with the ground game. And I think Jeremy Miller's durability is just going to be the difference in this fight. Whenever you watch Nicholas Moda, he comes out, throws very, very wild shots. But if there's something we've learned time and time again, it's that whenever you're throwing these wild shots, you're leaving yourself open to be exposed. And that double leg, in my opinion, is going to be there all day for Jim Miller. And if he gets him on the ground, he's going to wrap up a submission. So honestly, I like Jim Miller a lot on the spot. I like him by sub. I don't really have a lot of face in Nicholas Moda. So, as I said in my previous breakdown, I think Jim Miller comes in here and gets it done. Another fight I want to discuss on this card is Joaquin Buckley versus Al Abdul Hakasan. And this is one where, like, I'm 100% on the dog in this one. I don't put much stock in Joaquin Buckley. I've never really liked the guy. I think he's a cocky, brash individual. I don't think he's a very skillful fighter. And to be honest, like, he's not a guy I see lasting very long in the UFC. With Abdul, he had a lot of personal issues outside the UFC, made him step away. But he seems to be coming back into his own light. He's been training. He's been taking his training very seriously. Um, he's starting to evolve his game a little bit. It's a guy that I follow fairly heavily. And I think his fight IQ will be the difference in this one as well. We both know these guys have KO power, but other than getting absolutely starched by Chaos Williams, I really do believe that Abdul is a more uh, durable fighter in this spot. And if you look at the way that um, Joaquin Buckley kind of ducks and slides into it, he's going to leave himself exposed a lot. And he's either going to get clipped with a head kick or heavy right overhand or something, but he's just not the most intelligent fighter. And I don't want to understand why he's a favorite in this spot. I think Abdul is going to absolutely decimate this guy. And I'm hoping we don't see him walking Buckley in the UFC for much longer. If there's three fighters I hate, the two top ones have to be Fabio Chirant. Hopefully he gets KO'd tonight. William Turner. Hopefully he's not in the UFC for much longer. And um, and Joaquin Buckley. All three of these guys, I cannot stand. So, unfortunately, I won't be able to check to see the result of this fight, but I already have a heavy bet on or on um, Abdul Hassan, and I'm hoping on that flight home on Sunday, I'll be able to look at a cash ticket and a dead body lying on the floor of Joaquin Buckley. Another fight I really want to discuss on this card is Mario Batista versus Khalid Taha. 
this is a fight that whenever got announced is looking forward to a lot. Both are good prospects in the UFC, but Mario is a guy I think has great potential. If you look at the way this guy moves, he's very clean striking, nice kicks. He's a guy that has a lot of finishes on his record, but a guy that's not afraid to go to a decision. And I think that's what's going to make or break this fight. If you look at Taha, the guy throws wild. Like all of his fights, he's throwing left hooks, right hooks, lunging in, trying to take your head off. And if you look at Mario Batista, he's got great kicks, great punches, and he's very good at evading. He keeps a long stance. And I think he's going to be able to just kind of duck and move and get out of the way of Taha, make Taha do something stupid. As I said, he's very into these lunging shots. And I think he's going to be able to clip him, take him out. Or is that right his way to his uh, to a decision? The line right now is sitting at a minus 125. It's a very fair line. I see this line getting very juiced, or at least probably sitting at a minus 200 by the time this fight comes to closing. So... If you get if this gets out early enough, that is a line I very much suggest jumping on. And um, I think he rides, man. I'm looking forward to see what this guy does in the future. I think he's got a lot of potential. He's constantly learning and evolving his game. And we'll see what this guy's made of and see how far he can get in the UFC. There's two more fights on this card that I want to break down. And one of them, it's not even really going to be much of a breakdown. It's just going to be sharing some love. And it's on Jesse J, Jessica Rose Clark. Honestly, I love this girl, man. I love what she's doing. You see, follow this girl on Instagram, like the improvements that she's making, how seriously she's taking her training camp. She's a diehard, man. Like she's going up against Stephanie Egger, who is a fairly good competitor. Like this fight may be fairly close, but I think Jessica Rose Clark rides in the spot. She's one of my favorite favorites on this card. I said the improvements that she makes, she's super durable, great striking, great grappling, has a real all-around game. And honestly, I think she's somebody that could be uh, running for a title in the future. As long as she keeps making the improvements that she's making and the way she's going. Right now, she's sitting at a minus 210. This is another line that's probably going to be juiced by fight day. But, man, this girl's going to ride in the spot. All respect to Stephanie Egger. She's a good competitor, but I don't think she's on Jessica Rose Clark's level. And as I said, like, I'm really excited to see what this girl does in the future. And she's a good parlay piece, to be honest. Like, I'm very excited to – whenever I get back from Cuba, I'm going to be obviously re-watching these fights and seeing what angles I have and, you know, make sure I can really catch up on this. But, um, yeah, Jessica was Clark all day, man. This girl's going to ride in the spot. I think this is an easy money one. Lastly, I just want to do a quick rundown of the card. I said, see, my, unfortunately, like I said, since I'm not doing this really in light of the card and where I actually have prop bets and stuff like that to go off of, I just want to do a quick um, rundown, a couple of stay away spots, and uh, what my official parlay for this card would be. Lastly, I just want to take a rundown of the card, see what explain my main parlay would be um some stay away fights that i think just kind of are trap spots in this so um just quickly for um the heavyweight fight you have on this card you have parker porter versus alan Bodoel. this is a complete stay away for me um don't lay a minus 250 chalk on parker porter like you're talking about two very sloppy heavyweights that could essentially end each other's lights at any moment or you're going to have in a really greasy split decision. And if you're the one with sitting there with a minus 250 price tag and you're hearing that Judge A scores it one way and Judge A scores it the other way, 
you're not going to be happy with the results. Odds are it's not going to go in your favor because it usually doesn't. So that fight, stay completely away from it, man. Go get a beer, do something, smoke a joint, but do not touch that fight. Um, for a main parlay that I like, I honestly like, and I don't generally put dogs in my um, in my parlays, but I really like Mario Batista, Abdul Akasan, Jessica Rose Clark, and Chad Algular. That alone gives you a uh, gives you a plus seventeen. If you're a little bit worried adding the dog into it, I completely get it. Um, you could always just bet that fight doesn't go the distance because it's not going to. You're going to lay some heavy chalk on it. But even if you get it at a minus 350, it doesn't really matter because it's probably going to be the easiest cash you're going to get on the stake. So that would be it. But as I said, if you take out Abdul Hagasan, you're still sitting at a plus 262. And it's a, it's a, it's a parlay I'm fairly confident in. Um, as for prop-wise, depending on how they go, as I said, I kind of like Mario Batista by decision or excuse me or a late third rate uh third round tko um jim miller by sub whatever that prop is i would hand it take it uh jessica rose clark by decision um and a fun fight on this card that i didn't really get a chance to go into too much depth in is gabriel benitez versus david Owama. these are two really good fighters and honestly this is just a fight for the fans these guys are going to go at it, swing, takedowns. You're going to get the whole nine yards, and it's going to be a real fun fight. So I hope everybody enjoys my little breakdown. And cheers, everyone. Don't tap podcasts, MMA breakdowns. We find angles for you, and I don't remember what Calum always said. We, we just try to find angles. We just try to help you out. And I like watching tape. And uh, I know it can be annoying at times when we try to break things down for you and, and give you the best possible shot at making some money. If you don't like it. What we've got here is failure to communicate. With the champ, John Jones. Follow me on Twitter.